You guys have been our youth and young adults pastors, but we moved them on. They're now going to be lead pastors of a campus. And so in that whole, uh, Nathan Mead has stepped up to be our new youth pastor here at Bondi. He's going to bring the word. Let's bring up the Nathan Mead. Yo! How you going, everybody? Are we good? Hey, that's good. Um, Tonight, I wanna speak to you a message that I felt like God put on my heart, and it's what to do when you can't see it. When God gives you a promise, or maybe uh, you've worked for something for so long, and you've tried to do something that you believed God was in, and then it just led to disappointment. What do you do when you can't see it? But before we start, why don't we bow our heads and close our eyes, and let's pray. Dear God, we just thank you so much for this evening, God, and uh, thank you, that uh, we're here tonight, and I pray that um, as I speak, that we'll all be able to get something from this and uh, really get a fresh touch from you and um, what we should do when we face times of trouble when we can't see it. In Jesus' name, amen. How many people know you can have like significantly good things happen in your life and then significantly bad ones happen all at the same time? Like it's, and it can be an absolute shambles. And, um, you know, can you imagine, you know, it's the new year and everyone's asking each other, they're like, oh, you know, what's your new year's resolution? And can you imagine if you asked me and you said, what's your new year's resolution, Nathan? And I responded, I, I just wanna have an average, mediocre, normal, you know, not nothing super good, nothing super bad kind of year, what would your response be? You'd probably be like, that's so weird. I'm just doing no fizzy drink, right? But can you imagine if someone said that to you, it'd be the weirdest response that they just want an average year, nothing too good and nothing too bad. And often as Christians, we can get caught up in the trap of this in our faith. We can be like, actually, I don't want anything too much from God because I don't wanna be weird, you know? I don't wanna, I don't wanna give too much money into the offering because that's actually mine and I worked for that. You know, I don't, I don't wanna step out and pray for someone because they may never look at me the same way again. Often in our faith, we can get to this level where we're just, we're just kind of comfortable. And um, I truly believe that God is actually calling us to a higher level in our faith. And uh, last week I was listening to a podcast from Jansen Franklin. And if you know me, I just have a soft spot for Jansen. I just love the way he speaks with his southern accent. I can't do it. Darcy can do it. <laughs> but uh, he was telling, he was saying how so many Christians believe in the phrase, higher levels mean higher devils. And they're afraid to step out of the boat and actually do something more with their life. They're afraid to be obedient to what God is asking them to do. And uh, what he was saying was actually what higher levels mean is higher levels is higher angelic protection. I truly believe when we step out and we do something for God, God's like, yo, I'm gonna send some more angels to help him. I'm gonna send some more resources, some more money, some more people around him. And um, I truly believe the more we step out for God, the more he backs us up. Sometimes we're scared to step out because we can't see the outcome. You know, you know when you're like making muffins and like you got this mixture, you're like adding stuff. Yeah, not that I do that, but I saw my mom do it. <laughs> um, you know, you're adding all the mixture, the eggs of flour and, and fruit, and I don't know what else goes into it, but they're mixing it up. 
And it just looks, it just looks nasty, right? It's just like, yuck, ew, that's gross. Because you can't, you can't see the outcome, but then you chuck it in the oven for 20 minutes, those bad boys come out, oh snap, that will ruin your cheat day. Like that is your cheat day right there. And it's amazing because we can't see the outcome when we're making muffins. And we can look at that mixture and go, this is so weird. Why am I putting eggs in? Why am I putting this in? But when they come out of the oven, oh man, there is nothing better. Sometimes we're scared to go deeper because we can't see the outcome. And Moses was a Hebrew. He was brought up in Egypt. And you, most of you probably know the story. He's brought up in Egypt by one of the Pharaoh's daughters. And um, so he probably had a pretty good upbringing, at least for a Hebrew person at that time, because there were so many Hebrews as slaves in Egypt. And uh, when he was growing up, the Bible tells us that he went down to see the Hebrew slaves and he saw an Egyptian man mistreating a Hebrew slave. And this made him mad. And I truly believe in that moment, God put a seed in Moses where he felt like this injustice is not okay. It was like maybe a spiritual discontent in him that it was like, this is actually not cool at all. And when no one was looking around, he killed the Egyptian man that was mistreating the Hebrew slave. He thought no one was sore him, but word got around. And so he left Egypt. He ran to a land named Midian where he started an average, mediocre, not so good, not so bad kind of life. He got married, he had a family, and he was a shepherd for his father-in-law. And the interesting thing was is that while Moses thought he had just run away and escaped all of his problems, that seed inside of him, I believe, was germinating. God was doing something inside of him where that seed of injustice to see the Hebrew slaves freed, I believe, was something was happening in him whether he believed it or not and whether he saw it or not, God was preparing him for a higher level. From the palace to being a shepherd, some would say that Moses, he just kind of got lost and God may have forgotten about him, but really God was there the whole way. In the Bible, we read that one day uh, Moses was looking after his, his flock, you know, his father-in-law's flock, and he saw a burning bush, but this bush wasn't burning up. And uh, I truly believe that was the point where the seed in, that God had put in Moses' life had germinated and turned into a bush. I believe that was a symbol where he could actually see what God had planted in him start to come to fruition. You see, now it was time for Moses to go back to Egypt and to see the Hebrew people free. But you see, that wasn't enough. God set it on fire. Why? Because males love fire, don't we? Like when we see fire, we go, you know? You'll see this when you go to the like fireworks displays, you'll see couples walk in and suddenly when they walk in, the girls are like, oh yes, can't wait for the pretty colours and the sky and everything. The guys are like, where's the bonfire? Like they'll go straight for the bonfire. We just wanna play with fire. We think fire is the best and God knew that. So he's like, I'm gonna set it on fire, make sure he really comes. But God started to speak to Moses through this burning bush. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine just this burning bush speaking to you? How weird is that? And uh, honestly, but anyway, he's speaking to Moses through this burning bush and God told Moses to do something totally outrageous. Do the thing that Moses was trying to avoid. You see, he was trying to avoid the higher level. That's why he went to Midian. But God hadn't forgotten about him. God had been following him the whole time and doing work in his life. You see, now the time had come. A new Pharaoh who had come into power and God was saying to him, you need to go back. You need to tell the new Pharaoh that they need to release the Hebrew slaves. And um, Moses came up with every excuse in the book. I, I mean, I'm so 
so glad I'm not God because if you look at Moses' CV, it wasn't very good at this point. Like he was a, a Hebrew that had run away from Egypt because he committed murder. And now for the last however many years, he's just been a shepherd. And then the job that God is asking him to do, he doesn't even wanna do it. <laughs> like it doesn't look very good at this point, but that's why I'm not God. You see, God saw something in Moses. He saw the injustice and he was willing to pull that out of him and use him for greater things. Uh, two weeks, you know, God is working behind the scenes in our life even when we can't see it. Two weeks ago, um, a whole bunch of us uh, leaders from the youth here, we all went to Whangarei Heads, and it was awesome. Hey, guys, where are you? Yeah. And uh, we had a great time worshiping God and, um, you know, just going to the beach, breaking hearts in Monopoly. It, it was a great time. And uh, we decided it would be a great idea to get up on Saturday morning at 5.30. That's outrageous. And uh, most of us had uh, thought this would be a great idea. We're gonna get up at 5.30. We're gonna climb Mount Maniah, which is this mountain right by the campsite. And so um, we'll climb up there and we'll see the sunrise. It'll be beautiful. It'll be so worth it. And so we, um, but the problem was though, most of us had stayed up the night before till like 1.30 playing Monopoly. So when the alarm went off in the morning, most of us didn't feel the calling anymore to climb the mountain. <laughs> but a few of us piled into a couple of vans and we drove down to the bottom of the mountain where the, where the walking trail was. And we started on our journey and who knows when you do a hike, you all start off together. But then after a few minutes, it starts to separate, right? And uh, so we had the, the slow group, they were kind of in the back, and we had the extra slow group who turned around and went back. <laughs> and, uh, and then we had the fast group, which was me. Um, and we, I know, sheesh. Nah, climbing, climbing mountains is my thing, I love it. I haven't actually done a proper mountain, it's more like hills in New Zealand, isn't it? They're not really mountains. But um, anyway, we were climbing up this thing. And you see, the reason why we were climbing up this mountain is because we saw something. We made a mental picture of this, of this view that we were gonna see on the sunrise. See, we couldn't see it yet. We couldn't see the view yet, but we had a mental picture and we encouraged one another when someone's like, this is just too tough. And I mean, it got hard. The last sort of bit, last sort of 45 minutes was just stairs going up. And um, you know, when, when things got tough, we, we would encourage one another. Think about the view at the top. It's gonna be me. It's gonna be so worth it. It's gonna be so worth the trip. And we climbed and climbed and climbed. We were exhausted. It, the sun hadn't even come up yet. And we we're already just covered in sweat. We got to the top and I was super excited. Like, I, I, love, I love cameras and drones, like that's my thing. And I had my drone in my back, so I was super excited to get a selfie on the mountain. You know, that's like, that's all about, I'm all about that. Um, so I was pumped. I was like, I'll get up for 5.30 in the morning to do that, absolutely. And we got to the top of the staircase and it was cloudy. We couldn't see a thing. It was just totally disappointing. In fact, it wasn't just cloudy. We were in a cloud, like fully. That's how high we were. And we were getting wet because the clouds were moving. And they were, believe it or not, clouds have water in them. And <laughs> we couldn't, <laughs> we could not see the view. It was, it was so disappointing. And we made the most of it. We took photos with, with each other, with the cloud in the background. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, one of them's my DP on Facebook like that. Uh, but... The funny thing was, is we knew the view was there. We had reached the top of the mountain, we knew it was right in front of us, but we couldn't see it. How often have you been doing what God has asked you to do, or what you felt like God asked you to do, and when you get to the top, it just, just kinda led to disappointment. 
maybe you, you were studying um, for three years to get a degree and to get a job that you wanted, and then you get out of your degree, but you can't get that job. Or maybe you've been praying for a family member, and they just they still haven't received Jesus as their salvation. Or maybe you've been praying for healing for someone for so long, and they've been suffering, but you still haven't seen it yet. What do you do when we can't see it yet? I don't know about you, but I've been in this this situation in so many so many times, but in these seasons, we can shift our focus from him to the stuff that's around us, right? It's so easy to do that. It's so easy to go, ah, God wasn't in this, and start to look for other sources of satisfaction. But can I encourage you, is look, for the, look for God in it, and hold on to the promises. Hold on to the word that he gave you, just like when we were climbing that mountain, Hold on to that word that the view's gonna be worth it. It's gonna be so worth it when we get to the top. Even if it leads to disappointment, I'm gonna keep going, I'm gonna keep believing. And you know, the view was still there, but we couldn't see it, but maybe it wasn't the right time. Maybe the, the, there's something that God couldn't see and that, or that um, he wanted us to avoid, or maybe there's, there's just the conditions weren't right. We've gotta trust God in those seasons. And that can be tough when we can't see it. We're gonna to choose to believe what God says about us and, and believe that the words that he's spoken over us is, is better and that we push through those disappointments. It may not seem the way that you pictured it. It may not be that way, but it'll, you will see the thing if you keep trusting God that God wants you to see. Like the Israelites in Egypt, God sees your need. He hears your cries and he listens to your prayers and he will respond in faithfulness if we trust him. A quote that Martin Luther King Jr. once said was, faith is taking the first step when you can't see the whole staircase. Another quote I heard on the radio, Christian radio, uh, was, failure is the fuel to your success. You can Instagram that if you like, tag me. (laughs) Have you ever winged something before? Like totally winged it. Maybe you wung, uh, wung. <laughs> maybe you winged a 21st speech, yeah, anybody done that? That happens all the time. Oh, Nathan, can you say something about me? <laughs> or maybe you winged, I don't know, a book report, anybody? Maybe you winged a wedding. <laughs> it's just too much organization, can't stand it, we'll just rock up and get married. I, w- I wung a, a book report, okay? I have a confession to make, I winged a book report and it was when I was studying at ELC. <laughs> So I hope there's no ELC lecturers tonight because I'm getting vulnerable up here. I love a good life hack. Who likes good life hacks? I absolutely love them. And uh, someone once told me, you see, I'm not a reader. I, I just, reading, it just doesn't milk the cow for me. I don't like it, okay? I will do anything to avoid reading. In school, if there was a video on the topic, I'd just watch a thousand videos, but I won't read the book. I just, I just can't, I just can't pick it up. I try my best, but it's hard. And the only book I read is the Bible. Thank goodness for that. But, <laughs> but I don't like reading. And someone once told me, they said, look, it's easy. If you don't like reading, here's what you do. You read the first and last page of the book in each chapter. So you just read the first and the last page of each chapter. That's easy. That's like, 12 pages, I can do that, I can certainly do that. So we had this book at ERC and, and well, that's what I did. And the funny thing was is that I got 100%. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't condone it, 
but it worked. I made a few references to the book elsewhere, but aside from that, it worked 100%. Um, I'm probably gonna get in trouble for that, but that's okay. I don't condone it. Definitely read if you, uh, if you can, just read. <laughs> Have you ever been in a situation, though, you didn't feel prepared, but then when you got there, you were? Like, when you're playing Monopoly and everything's going wrong, it's serious, no friendships. Friendships stay at the door in Monopoly. And then you pick up a chance card and it's a good one and you get advanced to go, hallelujah. I reckon God's a bit like that sometimes. You see, when we trust Him and we, we put Him first, we hold on to the promises, even though the circumstances around us are seemingly so bad, He advances us to go. And before we know it, we're somewhere where we never thought we would be. We feel a little bit unprepared, but then we realize He's actually been preparing us this whole time. And we had no idea. When Moses was giving God a thousand excuses to why he shouldn't be the one to tell the king of Egypt to let the Israelites go, God said in Exodus 4 verse 2, what is in your hand? And he said, a shepherd's staff. God said, throw it down, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back, obviously. And then the Lord told him, reach out, grab its tail. So Moses reached, it out, reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him, and they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has really appeared to you. Moses was feeling totally unprepared, but what he realized is that God had already put in his hand what he needed to do the job that God was asking him to do. And there's a saying that we used to say to each other in Bible college, and that's God's will is God's built. And God will never ask you to do something, I believe, that he won't equip you for or give you the people to do what you need to do. That doesn't mean we don't put the work in, but it means when we step out and start putting the work in, those things will come. So we shouldn't just wing it but we should trust God that he will provide for us what we need for it. I think God um, you know, really likes it when we just take a bit of, um, I've totally forgotten the word, initiative. <laughs> we learn it in primary school, but I really believe that God's like, just take a bit of initiative, try it. If it works, awesome. If it doesn't, you had faith and uh, try again. In Deuteronomy 28 verse one, it says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands that I'm giving you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Trust him even when you can't see it. So practically, what do we do? Three points real quick. Firstly, we need to submit our requests in prayer. Everyone knows the verse, Philippians 4, verse six to seven, don't be anxious in anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. If you can't see it, pray about it. Don't bottle it up. Release that stuff to God. There's no point in stressing over something when we can actually access the peace that transcends all understanding. Secondly, we need to look at what's in our hand. It's like Moses, if you haven't realized that yet, God is equipping and has equipped you to do the work he's asked you to do, but it doesn't stop there. He continues equipping us. And just get practical, really. What do you need? If you're building a church, what do you need? You need builders, wood, and a whole lot of money, right? If you're starting a small group, what do you need? Biscuits, a Facebook event, and plug your coffee. Like, that's all you need. Get practical. Step out. Just go for it. 
And if you don't have what you, what you need, ask God for it. Thirdly, I think we need to listen and be obedient. Moses embarked on nothing short of what was a completely unexpected and exciting and sometimes absolutely terrible journey. Um, very frustrating for him, but it definitely wasn't an easy journey, but it did require constant communication and obedience to God. 40 years of wandering around the desert, you know, many miracles happen, protection, provision, direction. But it would have never happened if Moses was the kind of leader that was like, I'm just gonna listen to what the people are saying. He had to be in constant communication with God. He had to be that unpopular leader. You see, Moses knew that the only reason why they weren't slaves in Egypt anymore was because of God. He knew that the only reason why there was literally food falling from the sky every day to provide for them was because of God. He knew that the only reason they knew where to go was because there was literal pillars of fire and cloud leading them through the desert because of God. Moses had to remind himself daily on why he was doing what he was doing, but he also had to remind himself daily of what God had already done so that he could push forward into the things that he was gonna do. In 2014, I went on a missions trip and um, wrapping up pretty soon, but um, I wanna tell you the story and some of you may have heard this before, but I went on a missions trip and it changed my life. You know, when you like hear a missions guy, missions guys always come up, you know, they're, they're usually like stuck between two time zones and they have like one piece of cultural garment on. They come and they're, I went on a missions trip and it changed my life. Let me tell you about it. Like they're all the same. <laughs> I went to Elam school, so we had it like at least once a month. We're like, oh, here we go. <laughs> Another missionary. <laughs> But seriously, seriously though, they say it because they genuinely mean it. It actually changed their life. It does more in you than it often does in the people that they're ministering to. I went on a missions trip to Samoa and um, we got put in these groups for the first week and I got put in the treasure hunting group. And I didn't get a spade, I didn't get a map. <laughs> I got a notebook and a pen. And we got put in these small groups and we would go to the city every morning and we would pray together collectively and we would write down all these particular characteristics of a person that we didn't know that God wanted us to find and pray for. They might need healing for something. They could be wearing something that would stand out so we'd know who it was. And we'd write these particular characteristics down for six days, every single day. I met there with the group, we prayed, and I, and I wrote things down that I, I felt like God was saying to me, and we went out. And my friends were finding their people, people having drastic, amazing healings and salvations and breakthrough, and all these miracles were happening all around me. God was 110% moving there. But the things in my notebook, nothing. I couldn't find anything. I felt like someone was playing a prank on me. I couldn't find it but I kept persisting. I was like, nah, I'm, I'm here for a week. I gotta keep trying. And as, as the week went on, I started to get more discouraged and more discouraged. And then on the seventh day, a Christian, Samoan Christian TV station had heard of us and what we were doing. So they came down. <laughs> I was on TV, but <laughs> it, it sounds cool. It wasn't really, let me finish. <laughs> and they came down. They were just as excited as us to see if we could find our, our treasure. And so we met in the morning on the seventh day and we prayed and we wrote down the, the, the different characteristics that we were looking for. And I wrote down probably about seven things and I don't remember all of them, but I remember I was looking for a church that had something to do with water. I was looking for someone wearing a funny hat and they had chest problems. 
And there was a bunch of other stuff in the description as well. I was like, sweet. So skeptically, I wrote it down and I went out. I looked for ages. I couldn't find it. I got more and more discouraged. But I was like, nah, you know what? This is the last day I'm gonna find this person. We went way over time because I was like, no, I'm finding my person. And then I found a church and it was near water. And I was like, okay, this is the only church that I know of in this area that's near water. So I'm gonna stand here and I'm gonna wait. And so I stood there and I waited. And then I realised that there were two fishermen in the water had a big fishing net between them about 20 metres out. And one of them was wearing a funny hat. And I was like, that's my guy. <laughs> but I, and he ticked all the other things that I had written down apart from one thing. I didn't know if he had chest problems. And so like a crazy Pentecostal teenager, I ran to the shore and I said, hey, hey, do you have chest problems? <laughs> so I'm just trying to fish, man. He looked back at me and like, at first, he didn't really understand what I was saying. I was like, this, and he, he, he gestured, and, and he said, yeah, yeah, it was like hurting and whatever. And so I was like, Jesus wants to heal you. Yesu, Yesu, which means Jesus, Jesus, and so on. And at this point, he's like, yo, <laughs> I'm fishing in the wrong spot right now. And I'd love to tell you, I'd absolutely love to tell you that, that guy, he ran out of the water, jumped on shore, got down on his knees, and gave his heart to God and was completely set free of whatever was robbing him of good health. But you know what happened? He walked away from me. Some old Christian TV was waiting for this opportunity. He walked away from me. In fact, he kept walking. I was running down the shoreline chasing him. He jumped into a boat. This is how hungry, this is how desperate I was to see the Word that God had promised me come to fruition. I was willing to chase after it and he got in a boat and kept it. <laughs> I kept running. It was embarrassing, totally, but I was so willing, I was so hungry, and I held on to the words that God had given me in this notebook. I saw what I had in my hand, and I so badly wanted to see it. And I remember being totally discouraged. I got back in the van, and my peers were trying to encourage me, and I don't know if I was hungry or in a bad mood or both, but. I just didn't wanna hear it. But then God started to speak to me and speak through them as well. And God said, do you realise that this was more about you than it was about Him? This was actually a test to see how far you would go, whether you would trust the words that I said to you, whether you trust what was in your hand, what I had given you. And I think I passed, <laughs> praise God. But it was incredible. It taught me something that I'll never forget. And that's to trust God, even when the circumstances just seem totally out of it and just not cool at all. <laughs> Still slightly annoyed at God. I'm gonna ask him one day, did that guy's chest get healed? <laughs> I believe that God used that week to teach me a lesson, to trust Him when I couldn't see it. There's some people here tonight and you're, you know, you've been believing for something, whether that was a healing, whether that was breakthrough in your life, was a family member set free or come to know God, whatever it is, you, you've been promised something. And you're like, God, you've promised me this, but I still can't see it. I'd love to pray for you guys tonight and um, pray that you will stay strong in, in your circumstances and keep your eyes on Him. So if you don't mind bowing your heads tonight and closing your eyes, I wanna pray for those people. And if that's you and you're like, you know what? I really, really can't see it. I've been trusting God. I've been believing. I've been doing all the right things, praying the right prayers, but I still haven't seen it yet. Then I would just love for you to raise your hands. If that's you right now, pop your hands up. Awesome. Some down the back. Awesome. 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 Great. 
Yeah, awesome. Another one in the middle here. Fantastic. Down on the side, amazing. Another one down the back. It's amazing. It's amazing. So anybody else is saying, I just want to, I, I, I can't see it, but I need help trusting God in this situation. Fantastic. All right, I'm just going to pray. Dear God, we just thank you for all of these people, God, that are here today because they trust in you and they believe in faith that the words that you've promised them are going to come to fruition. And it may not be the way that they pictured it. It may not be quite what they have planned, but they trust that you know what's best and what you're going to reveal to them is what you want them to see. God, we thank you for that. I pray that you'll give them courage and you'll give them patience in this time where they can't see it. Bless them, Lord. Put the right people in place and the right things around them to carry out the work that you've planned for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may open your eyes, but before we finish, I'd just love to give another group of people an opportunity um, to make a decision for Jesus tonight. And you might be here, this could be your first time. You've never made a decision for Jesus before. Um, or maybe you've uh, made a decision before, and, and, uh, but you felt like you've drifted away from God. I'd love to encourage you. You know, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. God sent His only Son, Jesus, to come to earth, to die on the cross, to set us free from all sin and bondage. And He loves you and he want, He's got open arms for you and He wants you to come home tonight. I love if you bow your eyes tonight and just between you and God, if you're saying tonight, you're like, you know what, actually I need to accept Jesus into my life, whether that's for the first time or you wanna recommit your life to Him and say enough mucking around, I'm gonna go for it even if I can't see Him, I'm gonna trust Him. If that's you, I'd love for you to put your hand up just so I can see it and know who I'm praying for. Um, so if you could put your hand up right now, that would be awesome making a decision, awesome, down the back, awesome. You wanna come back to God? Maybe this is your first time, is there anyone else? Awesome, awesome, amazing. I'm just gonna pray and I'd love for us as a church family just to uh, repeat after me. Dear God, uh, we thank you, Lord, that we can trust you even when we can't see it. God, I admit that I'm a sinner, but I believe you died on the cross for me I believe that you are God and Jesus, you have come to set me free. I confess with my mouth that you are God. Come live inside of me. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Awesome. Can we thank Nathan for a great word?